coming up. And it's not according to knowledge. And oftentimes they tell you what they believe and you ask them, well, why do you believe that? They can't really tell you. They'll tell you something like, well, they just all, I just always felt that way. <laughs> Again. Yeah, where's that in the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's always felt that way. Oh, so now your righteousness comes from how you feel. I, I told y'all, we don't really want to create it ourselves because we can't back it up. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. You wouldn't intentionally put yourself in harm's way, would you? Well, we do this spiritually every time we ignore our real enemy and leave the safety of God's presence. Join us for the message series, Maximum Security, where Pastor Rob discusses the various ways we can be spiritually secure and protected. Here's part two of the message, the need for righteousness. Right? They, 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 they got up and walked out or they just sat there. They just sat there and they didn't get the attention of the one serving the righteousness. So just imagine yourself really wanting righteousness in this restaurant. Can't you see yourself after if you not if you don't have it and it ain't came yet and you've been sitting there a long time and you say, "Excuse me. Excuse me. We ordered righteousness and it ain't came yet." <laughs> All right? All right? Cuz cuz I'm I'm struggling over here. I'm fighting my battle and I'm losing. Because I don't have righteousness. I don't have what I need. And you excuse me, righteousness, righteousness. <laughs> Over here, righteousness. We, 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 call, we call the waiter if, if our water get too low or, or we need a free refill. We need a free refill and they don't come and say, excuse me, can I get some more Coke, please? All right. But when it comes to righteousness, folks just living, ain't asking for it. They're not really designed. They're just living. They're just living and not asking for righteousness. But the Bible says, if you hunger and thirst, you will be filled. So one of the reasons more people don't have it is that they really don't desire it. They really have not desired it. <laughs> That's the truth. They can say what they want to say about it. They can make excuses about the way they live, I mean, the way they were raised, or, you know, how unfortunate their life has been, or whatever they want to be. But according to this passage, if you really want it, meaning you hunger and you thirst for it, you will be filled, it says. So I don't know about you. My hand is raised. And I'm saying, righteousness, I want it, righteousness. Give me more of it. Give me more of it. Meaning, I want to live, as we said, it's living to the standard of God. I'm raising my hand saying, I truly want to live my life to the standard of God. That's what I want. Not to the standard of anything else or anyone else. I want to live according to the standard of God. And I'm saying, righteousness, righteousness. Give it to me, Father, give it to me. The second reason more people don't have it and the reason that their credit score is way too low 
is they have established their own righteousness. They have established their own righteousness. Y'all know one of the things happen if you're at a restaurant and it's taking too long for the food to come. One of the things happens sometimes, or if you're sitting in the, in, your, in the waiting room waiting to get seated and it's just taking too long, um, one of the things happens sometimes is, um, especially if you're with other people, or even, even if you're by yourself, it don't matter, you, you start digging into your pocket and taking out some mints or something. <laughs> you hungry, and it's taking too long for the food to come, so you just start handing out mints. You got another girl? I'm hungry. You got another one of them? <laughs> you, know, you got them? And so you're handing out mint to everybody because we all waiting for our food, right? And everybody hungry. You know, and then and sometimes they'll have some other stuff. He's like, you know, they'll have little mints, you know, on the counter where you where you put your name in, and everybody going up against some mints, trying to trying to trying to wait for the righteous, wait for whatever it is you're waiting for, okay. And so so sometimes people instead of asking for it, raising their hand and screaming for it and hungering for it, they start taking out their own righteousness, and they create their own righteousness. And look at what the text says in Romans 10, 1 through 3. This is Paul talking. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to, the, to God's righteousness. And whether you know it or not or realize it, there are people you know who are living on their own righteousness. Even though they may even be saying God's name. They may have a zeal for God like, Moses, like um, Paul says they had. But it wasn't one according to knowledge. Okay. They established their own righteousness. They have established their own way of how to live. They have established their own way on how to live at work, on how to live in their families, how to live in their marriages, how to live with their friends. They have established their own righteousness. And it's not according to knowledge. And oftentimes, they tell you what they believe, and you ask them, well, why do you believe that? They can't really tell you. They'll tell you something like, well, I just, all, I just always felt that way. Okay. <laughs> Again. Yeah, where's that in the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's always felt that way. Oh, oh, so now your righteousness comes from how you feel. I told y'all, we don't really want to create it ourselves because we can't back it up. Can't back it up. All right? We can't back it up. And as Paul says, Paul, Paul is wanting it for them more than they're wanting it for themselves. Paul said, I pray to God that you be saved and that you get God's righteousness. And you guys are not accepting it, but you have established your own. And it's not really based on true knowledge. Though you might be calling it God, yet you're, you're zealous for God, but it's not a zeal based on real knowledge. And so you've established your own righteousness. 
So they don't, they, they don't have it. Uh, one, because they haven't desired it truly. Number two, they have established their own righteousness. And these things that make your credit score to get righteousness on credit too low. Too low. And the third thing that makes it too low, write this down. They have not become friends with the only qualified cosigner. <laughs> they have not become friends with the only qualified cosigner. Right. Romans 10:4, Paul goes on and says, For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Okay. Christ is the only qualified cosigner. He's the only one that can back it up. He's the only one that can back up righteousness. Nobody else can. All right. And let me give you some reasons. Write this down. Some reasons Jesus Christ is the only qualified cosigner. I want to give you some reasons. He's the only. Number one, he is the one God prophesied about in the Garden of Eden. He is the one that God prophesied about in the Garden of Eden. And what makes this so important, um, up until the incident in the garden when man fell, we didn't need righteousness. Because <laughs> okay. God had already said everything was good. Nothing had went wrong yet. <laughs> Nothing needed to be fixed. It was all good. But as soon as it went, uh, went haywire, God prophesied about the only qualified cosigner <laughs> that will be coming. All right? And it was Jesus Christ. He, he, he didn't say his name here, but he alluded to him. It says here, Genesis 3.15, after he had addressed them, he says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. He was speaking to the, the devil, the serpent, between your offspring and hers. So the only qualified cosigner would come from the offspring of a woman. Because he said, of her offspring. Now, this is critical for us from, a, from a, a theological perspective. Because usually in the scripture, when it talks about offspring, it doesn't talk about offspring of a woman. It talks about the offspring of the man. <laughs> but not here. God's mentioned the offspring of her. Because no man was going to be his father. All right. No, no man was going to be this seed's father. It was going to be God. It was going to be God. And, and, and so he says, her offspring. And then he says, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Okay. So what this is saying that, yeah, you're going to wound him, but it's just going to be a, it ain't going to be a fatal wound. Um, but he going to crush your head, and that's going to be a fatal wound. Yeah. 
And he says, and they said, this is what's going to happen. That was God's prophecy of Jesus Christ. Didn't say his name, alluded to him, though. Alluded to him. All right? So that's first thing that makes Jesus the only qualified co-signer. Number two, write this down. He is the only one who has lived up to the standard of God. He is the only one who has lived up to the standard of God. We've already established that righteousness is living up to the standard of God. Jesus is the only one that's done it. And so let me show you how he's done it. A, he came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the law. Remember, uh, the Bible says that if you are careful to obey the law, it shall be your righteousness. But nobody could do it. Everybody fell short. But Jesus came to fulfill it, right? He came to fulfill it. Um, it says here, Matthew 5, 17, Jesus is talking. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them, <laughs> but to fulfill them. This includes the prophecies that the prophets made about him, and it also includes keeping the law, <laughs> not breaking any of the commandments, never sinning. So Jesus says, I come to fulfill it. <laughs> I, I, I come to fulfill it. So these are things that makes him the only qualified co-signer. And look what Jesus says in John 8, 29. He says, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Jesus says, everything I do pleases the Father. I never displease the Father. It's showing us that he he's, makes him the only qualifier, the only qualified co-signer. Right? He, he, never, he never displeases the Father. And he proclaimed to them that I came to fulfill it, to fulfill the law and the prophets. All right. And the other thing that, that makes him the only qualified uh, uh, person because he lived up to the standard of God is this. Um, he was baptized to fulfill righteousness. He was baptized to fulfill righteousness. Matthew 3, 13 through 15 says... Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. All right. You see what how how Jesus convinced John that no, John, I get it. You know, you you know who I am. <laughs> you you know that I'm I'm bigger than you. You know, you shall decrease, I should increase. But at the same time, John, um, I come to fulfill all righteousness. So you got to baptize me, brother. I got to be the 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 perfecter of the faith. I got to walk it. I got to walk it completely. And, and so he says, you got to baptize me. And John said, okay, I get it. 
Uh, okay, I'll baptize you. And this is true for us, that we should do what Jesus did. We should be baptized just like Jesus was. We, could, we should consent to being baptized as John consented to baptizing Jesus to fulfill all righteousness. All right. And again, this is not a mandate. But if we are able and can do it, we should be baptized. Now, this wasn't the case for one of the thieves on the cross because um, he was going to die before he got baptized. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But for some of us who are just putting it off, <laughs> you're being disobedient. We're being disobedient by not being baptized. Um, see, uh, another reason that Jesus is the only one that live to the standard of God, is he is the one who died in my place. He is the one who died in my place. I'm making it personal. You should make it personal, too. He died in your place just like he died in my place. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we already said that the wages of sin is death. So when he became sin for us, that speaks to his death. And then, and he did it so that we would become the righteousness of God. Take note that it says the righteousness of God rests in him, not in us. Not our own righteousness, not something we created. It's only because we are in him that we can get it, that we can get the righteousness of God. And again, all of this helps us fight against the enemy. It helps us live. See, the enemy wants us to, to live below the standard of God. <laughs> all right. But righteousness is living up to the standard of God. And so, and we need Jesus to do it because he's the only one who has. We need to be in him. So when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. All right. Just like uh, if your credit is too low, they're not going to use your credit to approve the loan. But if you got a cosigner, then they'll look at the cosigner. <laughs> All right. Credit. And we need Jesus co-signing in order for us to get this righteousness. And then D, why he's the only one? He's the one who resurrected so that I can be right with God. He's the one who resurrected so I can be right with God. Romans 4.25 says, he was delivered over to death for our sins, talking about Jesus, and was raised to life for our justification. So he was delivered over for our sins. He was raised to life. So when we believe in him, we have to believe in his death, his burial, and his resurrection in order to receive um, this credit or this righteousness. All right. I must believe it all. I must believe that sin no longer rules over me. Okay. 
because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. I must believe that I can rise above uh, my sin, above my death, because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. I must believe that I can please God more in my life because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. I must believe that I can win the battles with my enemies and the war because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. I must believe that I can win the battle over the devil, over the world, and over my sin nature because Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It says that, that, that uh, he was raised to life for, so that we will be justified or justification or made right with God. The resurrection is a key point to all of this. And at the end of the day, since we're fighting this battle, this war, we lose without righteousness. You lose. Okay. Uh, we can't win. We can't win with all of the armor of God. That's why it says put on the full armor of God so that you can stand firm. In other words, if you got on part of it, then something's going to get in. Through that weakness, it will come in, the enemy, and attack you and cause you not to stand. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. But everybody has to admit that they do wrong, <laughs> that they not perfect. I think everybody has to admit that I, I don't do everything right. I don't, I'm not perfect. <laughs> so, so I put wrongdoing in case there's somebody listening to me now um, can relate to it if they don't want to call it sin. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you out here, just wrongdoing. Can you admit? that you do some things wrong, okay? If, if you don't admit that, 
there's nothing else I can say to you anyway. It's like, okay, you 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 don't, you don't even admit that you do something wrong. I we can't even talk. Thank you for listening.